You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Hey, look, fellas. Go out there and start dancing around. And you go straight down the field in five plays. We ain't dancing until the damn game's over. You understand that? You play the defense for 60 minutes like a championship team's supposed to play. Like a bunch of punks out there. Play 60 minutes at defense. You understand that? Investigate 9-11. 9-11 was perpetrated by people within our own government. I Skype my mom today. That's what that's what it comes down to. That's really what it comes to. I don't even need a mic to be how aggravated I was to Skype my what you do, huh? What's that? Nothing. Were you the one yelling about Rocky earlier about 20 minutes ago when this fucking show? Was this you over here? You got a half sleeve? You think you have opinions? Shut the fuck up. How about that, right? Have a good time. Sit next to this guy. Come on. Let's go. Bring it together, alright? This isn't the sit down and watch you show. It can be. We'll fucking, we'll, I'll climb this audience one by one into your asshole. We'll all look around. We will all look around. The only reason you want to be married before you have anal sex is because when you have to cry in front of somebody, it'll, you'll be at least crying in front of somebody you're married to. You don't want to just cry in front of a stranger. I don't want to cry. Why are you so convinced? If, if you have this Hall of Fame ass that you're saving. I never said ap- it was Hall of Fame. Yes, because you're saving, you're saving your asshole for marriage. Yeah. What a dick move. No pun intended. I'm serious though. That's that's because it's so dumb. Because like, what if you don't even like it? You waited your whole life to find out you didn't like something, and then you waited. Oh, I waited till the guy that I really loved, so he could be really disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) So now I, so now I have leverage in my marriage, and I'll never, I'll never have to fucking, never in my life do I have to ever take the high road because you gave up the golden ticket to your asshole, and then there was no Wonka prize. We're back again here. Cart path. Damn. One day after the Super Bowl. Oh, did you have chips? Did you did you purposefully show up at halftime so you wouldn't have to sit through the first half of the game balancing a paper plate on your knee and pretending to give a shit about somebody's new job promotion? Maybe you just spent a lot of time in the bathroom avoiding all your friends and relatives who were nice enough to not put out a spread. Did you have a did you have a snack stadium in your what the what is a snack stadium? I all of a sudden I, there's four links on the internet and now there's a snack. How am I not aware that a phenomenon started in this country, a groundswell, if you will, where not only are you going to a Super Bowl party and they're laying out snacks, we're talking chips. We're talking the, the the black olive on a tooth. I'm not touching a black olive on a tooth. I always like if if squids had balls, black olives would be them. What else? Are they just a, a rows of carrots, rows of just so many separate dips. All of the how many flavors of wings were inside of your snack stadium? And these people had set up these tables where all of the snacks were angled that looked like the stands, and then they seemed like the better snacks and sauces were. I guess the players, I looked at it and said, well, now what? I'm, I got to reach across the 40-yard line of your snack stadium to be able to, to get a snack. Is that is that where I'm at right now in my snack getting experience? I'm only here for the snack. I'm only here because as long as I keep chewing, I don't have to make eye contact or listen to any of you morons go on and on about these unfunny commercials. That being said, the Radio Shack commercial, well done. Well, that's my that's my one takeaway from the Super Bowl uh, snack stadiums. That's one. Radio Shack is back, and and I and I'm a guy. I'm a guy who's going to shop at Radio Shack. I, I'm going to go on the internet. I'm going to so does Best Buy have it? They probably do. But then you got to go in there and you got to deal with the people in the shirts. 
I mean, you go anywhere. You're dealing with the people in the shirts. For some reason, I get skeeved out when I go to Best Buy. I don't like. I don't like to be inundated with 16, 15, 16 people saying, "Look, if I don't get you to buy something, I'm gonna have to live in my car." I don't like that. So what I say, I go, I go to Radio Shack. Maybe I'm getting, maybe I'm getting a quarter inch headphone adapter here at the production wing. Maybe I got to get another set. Maybe I'm traveling and I need, I need a set of USB headphones with a headset so I can Skype home. Ugh. What's going on right now? Let me tell you what's going on right now. It's the Super Bowl and the Broncos took it to the face. They just absolutely got tra- Now, mind you, I, I started. I started yet. Well, let's take it all the way back. Let's let's take it. All the way back, I started my day here, here hanging out with the lovely Dina. I guess who cooked breakfast? John told cook. Oh, what are you look? What are you looking for? Eggs, a couple spices on top of the. How do you want it? Scrambled or over easy? Do you want a hard boiled? I know the three main ways to cook this huvo. There she and I and I made the lovely Dina. Some leftovers from the night before, which was technically Mexican food. I, I heated up some frijoles. I'm still clean, trying to clean out the pan on the frijoles. The black, that's black beans for the, well, that's frijoles negros. Check Johnny's just rolling out the spanny early in the show. We're not even four minutes in and I've already gotten a C minus in AP Spanish. I got the black beans going. I give her some eggs. Boom, breakfast in bed. We're starting off. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We're just hanging. Dina's got to work laying around the night. I'm planning what my day is going to be. And I went out to do the Austin Sessions podcast, which is going to be coming up debuting Wednesday, February 5th. You can just Google ATX Sessions or follow them on Twitter, ATX Sessions. Their podcast, phenomenal. They uh, super fun, great topics. Um, Jake and uh, Jerry kept everything moving and uh, stoked to be a part of it. I, and I can't wait to hear it back. I, I always love doing podcasts that are that are out and about in nature, as we say. And sometimes nature is just a beer garden. Nature is a place where, where, where people are hanging out. Nature's a place where I forgot to turn my Facebook off, and now I'm getting notifications while I'm recording. Good job, you fat moron. But the Austin Sessions podcast, phenomenal. Definitely subscribe on iTunes. Check it out and share it with your friends, just like you're doing with Carpath Diem, just like you're doing with Disrupt the Illusion, available on Podaholics.com. And you also are aware there's an After the Illusion show that recently went up here on 4256, and we're getting a lot of great feedback already. Paul Hendricks... Boy, that kid brought it. He absolutely brought it. And thank you to everybody who's reached out. The um, So uh, breakfast in bed. That's how Super Bowl Sunday started for me. I go out to do a podcast. The podcast is phenomenal. It's free. I'm freezing my balls off. And now I'm driving home. And I get a phone call. My, my mother says, your brother has a concussion. Everything's fine. And isn't it nice to get to get a phone call from your mom out of nowhere? You know, you're just you're going about your day. Not a single. What, what do you do? Well, I got some errands to run. Yeah. OK. Well, what else you got going on? Well, your brother, you know, he had a, he had a concussion. Not, you know, nothing's going on. Just to concussion. You know, he he had an issue earlier, you know, when he was lifting weights and he had that that thing with his face. And and now, you know, he had a concussion, but everything's fine. Well, he's painful the next day. Come to find out. Come to find out. My 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 brother, my brother's reference, my brother's reference basketball and some some kid, some thug. Well, it's a thug game. Thug thugs are going to play a thug game. And that's why, look, I only like basketball and I only like it when the Celtics in the 80s and I'm out. Larry Bird doesn't play anymore. I'm out. Kevin McHale doesn't play anymore. I'm out. DJ's out. I'm out. The Chiefs out. I'm out. I sat next to a statue of Red R back when I was a kid. I got my picture taken. Go Celtics. The football season's over. Go Bruins. Anyways, look. So my brother gets a ball thrown off the back of his head. He does a header. He does a he does a header into 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 a stands, and then all of a sudden knocks himself silly. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody saw anything. And I thought I said, well, as tragic as that is. 
How bad was the call that he made? <laughs> what a dick thing to say. But you know what? He's better. And I guess that's the point is uh, sometimes sometimes things happen in a crazy way in life. I can guarantee that uh, I can guarantee the NFL never thought that uh, that that a guy was going to run in front of the microphone and do a uh, you guys should investigate 9-11 truth or statement during a press conference. But that's what's happening in America right now. Oh, and did you love the Super Bowl? Let me come all the way back. Snack stadiums. I, I was invited to two places. Comedian party. I went over to a comedian Chris Tellis's house, and they had a bunch of comics over there, and I showed up, and I looked around. I got stared out weird. I waited for about 10 minutes, and I left. Ah, what are you going to do? Just, sometimes you're just not vibing the way things vibe. And I jumped back in the car. I headed home, and I ended going over to our friend Ron and Becca's house with Paulie Hendricks from Disrupt the Illusion, his lovely wife, Diane. And while they watched the Super Bowl and the commercials, we played darts. And it, it just you wonder, Johnny, how'd you do? Were you, were you nailing the bullseye? Were you doing a good job? No, I'm terrible. I'm absolutely, I have no skills. I don't, I don't throw the same dart the same way twice. So what's the point of even trying to connect or correct anything? I'm just shooting for the bullseye and I'm, I'm hitting the wall and you finally hit it and it's not sticking. I believe I lost seven straight games of darts. I managed to have a, a couple beers, finish watching the Super Bowl. We didn't give a shit who won. I didn't care. I was happy. I was happy that uh, I wasn't happy that, that Sherman got injured. I, I wasn't. Uh, I, I did say that the that the narrative moving this week is was his injury racist. And I and I love being on Twitter. All the comedians on Twitter. Oh, are you just sitting on there with all your funny, all your hysterical Super Bowl musings? And I retweeted some. You can follow me at John Toll. I guess my takeaway from watching the commercials and and watching. Really, what had gone on? Ugh. It was like, here's what we think the average rank and file human being might find funny. Buy our shit. Here's something that you guys might find funny and ironic. Buy our shit. Here are, all right, what I need you to do, consumer public, if I could just get you to pull it, no, you're going to need to take your shirt off, all right, oh, and you're wearing a blazer, of course you're wearing a blazer with the patches on the sleeves at a Super Bowl party because you want to be the smart intellectual guy who's going to tell you about stats, who's going to tell you about the psychological trauma of concussions. Oh, that's a callback. We're getting, he's going to tell you about how if the dip is left out for a certain amount of time at a certain amount of temperature with the dirt that the celery and the tomatoes and the broccoli is dragging through it, you're all going to die one day of botulism. That guy's hanging out. That guy, take off. Take off your professor jacket. Take off your Argyle sweater. You're buttoned down. Now you're just sitting there in a wife beater. Pull that off. I want you to reach into your chest, a la Temple of Doom, all right? Just go in there with your hand as deep in as you could go. And, and you always wonder, like, how hard do I have to press on a human body to five-finger death punch this dude in the stir, into somebody else's sternum? I've always wondered that. I, you know, if I, if I could get past the white belt in karate, I'm sure they teach that in a later course. But I want you to go in there, folks. Rip apart your just open your chest and, and it's going to hurt a little bit. But you know what? We're going to grow. We're going to we're going to grow as human beings. OK, so rip open your chest. I want you to take your heart out and I want to see how your heart is still somewhat connected to your body. You're going to feel your so your slow beating heart as you look at it, as it pumps the very lifeblood, yeah, your actual lifeblood back into your body. What I want you to do is smell that heart. That's what you smell like on the inside, all right? That's that's why your that's why your fucking farts smell like a cannibal buffet. I want you to pull that heart out and I want you to look at it and think about where you are right now in America. I want you to think about your jobs. I want you to think about how much money you have. I want you to think about the traffic that you had to sit in. I want you to think about your friends' relationships and your family relationships. I want you to think about our overseas policy. And I want you to pull that heart away from your body so your heartstrings are just taut, taut like a guy restringing an Ibanez. And just have it out there and just pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. 
because we need to sell you beer through soldiers coming home because that is the new America. And if the new America says, hey, hey, America, you love commercials, you love football, you love America, you support the troops. Guess who's got troops? Guess who not only has troops, I got them up on a fire engine because isn't that America celebrating the first responders? Oh, Oh, is there a dog in the commercial? What about some racing Clydesdales? Oh, well, the little girls love ponies. And if they love ponies, they're going to love the guy who's going to drink the product and get hammered. Of course, completely, perfectly well done to sell America through everybody's favorite king of beers. And look, and I'm a fan. I will drink Bud Light. I'll drink Miller Light. I'll drink Coors Light. I'm not going to go to a beer garden and ask you what your best beer is because I'm not an asshole, all right? And if your beer tastes like coffee, if your beer tastes like root beer, if your beer tastes like a season or a month of the year, I don't want it, all right? I don't want to chew my beer. It's disgusting, all right? What are we really talking about? Nobody had a snack stadium where I went, and I still had a good time. There was plenty of there was plenty of adult beverages. There was plenty of adult, also other kind of fun, and they, that was all engaged in, and we had a good time. And isn't that what it comes down to? The Super Bowl, having a good time, congregating. Yeah, if you do it right. Yeah, I almost stayed. I was so livid about the brother thing that I was I was just ready to murder somebody that I said, well, how are you going to be the guy that talks about forgiveness, that talks about the universe, that talks about you're using your own free will to navigate through our universal consciousness through the choices that you make. And it was Paul Hendricks who sat me down and he said, look, it's OK to have that anger in your life and it's OK to be pissed about what's going on, but it's your knowledge now provides you a different skill set. And I said, I had to think about it like that. And I said, you know what? That's good. Hey, did you see, I just got bullseye. So I wasn't really paying attention to Paul in that game. As he trounced me game after game, Paulie Hendricks and I, of course, Paul is found at uh, paulihendricks.com. You can buy his book, Wake Up, the, Enlar- the Enlightenment of an American Misfit and Outlaw, available on Amazon.com. He is the co-host of a show I do, Disrupt the Illusion. You guys all know that, so go over there and listen. Episode 30 went up today on potaholics.com, and the after the show went up on 4256, where you're hearing this. Oh, it's a whole circle of life. Kuna Matata. If I would have ever seen a Disney movie, I would exactly know what that reference I have no reference at all of anything regarding Disney. I never gave, I know, I tell you one thing, if you got kids and I go over to your house, I'm going to see a DVD rack, a publicly displayed DVD. I don't even know that's publicly displayed. It's probably easier for you to say, hey, go pull off your favorite DVD and watch it for the 7,000th time because I'm tired of looking at you and saying, yes, that's nice. Yes, that's nice. And I look, I don't have kids. I don't have kids. And it's not from lack of trying. It's not because it's not because I'm, I'm using contraception. It's not. Dude, I'm 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 42. It, this thing could be broken. I could have absolutely nothing going on downstairs my whole life. Every time I've been worried where I would knock somebody up or they would have been late, I would have just been laughed it off. Ah, who gives a shit? Maybe that's how we're supposed to look at it. All right. Maybe the fact that I'm not having any and the fact that other people had any, it's the same thing. If you have a kid, if you don't, don't give a shit. Everything's going to be fine. The universe will take care of you as long as you have 17 DVDs they can watch for the rest of their life. That being said, I Skype my nephew. Well, John, you have to teach me how to use Skype. If if the what now? What's your? Is it under your other? Okay, is it under your email address? How do I search for you? How do I know where we go? And uh, I I Skype I Skype with my mom, and she watched television. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Now now I'm able to capture. Now I can capture audio as we talk. And oh. uh, if, if you wanted to break down a lecture, if you wanted to come in and say, well, you know what I think. You know what I think? <laughs> I could just, oh, I could so just drop the audio right in. <laughs> exactly. Johnny, I gotta go to golf. I'll see you later. All right, All right Dad, well, have fun. Look at this phone here. Okay, wait a minute. Love you. Love you too, Dad. Are you on your way? She's on the phone while we're on Skype. There's kids there. No, I'm okay. I'll I'll get one. I'm being bit. ignored, and she's watching television while she's on the cell phone okay. while she's He's skyping. skyping with John. <laughs> What's that? We're all getting Google Glass. Say goodbye to John. 
He just waves, though. He won't talk. He just That's okay. <laughs> we'll t- I'll take a wave. Bye, John. Bye, Drew. All right, the grandpa has to go to school. So, yeah, I had said I'll I see you later. All right. Thank you for staying over. I'm not sure what Drew. He seems to know it's like You know? I love you. But he also knows I gotta go to golf. Bye, Drew. Bye, Annie. 4.30. Okay. All righty. So, Drew's, Drew's, Drew did good. Um, I got his medicine down last night. I don't know. Hey, Ma. Wait, yeah. Ma? Uh, she got up about 6.30. She just, so, we just we got, got on the phone and walked away. Now I'm just staring at the light. <laughs> just staring at the light for the... She just left the, the computer. I think so. Yeah, she just left probably. the screen pointing at the light. All righty, so I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> well, I didn't know what okay. to do when right. I was on Bye. the phone, and then I just set the tablet down, and you were there, and I, I figured you'd wait around till I was done being on the cell phone. <laughs> oh, are you still there? Oh, did you not hang up? I've been doing your voice while we discuss Skype. <laughs> I had hung up. I guess just by well, pressing the button and going back to the icon isn't the same as hanging up. Well, I, I just set the thing down. I was just staring at the light in the family room. <laughs> and nobody was talking to you. How nope. sad is that? Just being ignored. <laughs> I know. Well, Jen called because she's getting coffee and then coming to get through. Sure. All right. Well, yeah, when, when it's all said and done, you just hit end call and it'll and it'll hang up. Okay, so I oh here it is. It's yeah. coming back now. I I hate it when the little icons go away. I never know where those things go. <laughs> oh, so depressed. <laughs> All right, I'll Skype you later. Well, it was it was fun to it was fun to Skype Skype with with, with my father, and we uh, Skyped with my nephew who uh, doesn't really understand the technology of having your face in front of a t- uh, basically a tablet and lo- knowing that you got to say something, kid. But you know what? He waved, and isn't that enough? Isn't that enough to get a 2,000-mile-away wave in 2014? That's as much technology as I need to have, all right? Google Glass is coming. Am I going to want it? Do I really want oh, Come on, think about it. Think about what I got to put these on. I, I I don't even I have to wear glasses now because I can't see for shit when I read. All right. That's not good. All right. That's not good at any level. All right. But I'll, I'll what I got to put on these Google Glass. And now not I already don't talk to people and don't I just ignore people all day as I live out in the world. Anyways, now I have a reason to look at something else in front of my how blind are we going to be as human beings? These Google Glass is going to fucking absolutely fuck up our eyesight over time. You know, remember that time machine movie where he goes back or way forward in time and there's like a race of humans that's living underground and there's the race of humans that's living above ground those google glass people you're going to be the fucking below ground people you're non-working eyeballs all right you're going to have the skin tone of a beluga all right or you're going to have the skin tone of, of one of those uh precocks precocks precogs from that one movie with the short dude all right you're going to be laying there in a hot tub with two of your brothers and sisters coming up with I think dad's going to be home and then and then you shit out the wooden marble and mom picks it up and then she's got to fix the marriage. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe Google Glass is going to fix marriages. Maybe that's the one takeaway is, yeah, sure, we're going to be living in a cave dwelling dystopia, but marriage will be better. What the fuck am I talking about? We're 17 minutes into the show and I guess what? Hey, I think it's time to start the show. Woo! And you are the secret weapon. You are the secret weapon. This comes from New York CBS Local.com. Would you expect anything less? Joe Namath, New York royalty, is MVP of the third Super Bowl for the Jets, wore a fur coat for the coin toss. After a false start on the first attempt, the Seahawks called tails. They were right. Seattle deferred. 
to the second half. Whatever was killed to keep Joe Namath warm won't. I guess he's not a PETA member. Frank Mosco wrote, meanwhile, PETA took issue to Namath's coat to Twitter. Well, you're going to go to Twitter. You're PETA. Look, let's be honest. You if you you don't have enough you don't have enough protein in your diet to do anything worth a fuck anyways other than complain or take to Twitter. Get your own podcast, PETA. How I bet I can guarantee PETA probably has a podcast. And you know what? And maybe I should be eating more salads. But I I see a I see Joe Namath. I see Broadway Joe. He's tanned up like a guy who got locked in a booth and they said, Don't come out of here until you look like Kentucky fried chicken wouldn't sell you. All right. So he wears this because he used to wear furs. All right. He was a dude in the seventies. He he had a look. He was very New York. He doesn't give a shit. He's old timey. All right. Hey, at least he legitimately went out there. And performed, not like the Chili Peppers did, where fucking... Can, first of all, how good was Anthony Kiedis's abs for a 51-year-old? He and Flea looked amazing. Like, I'm... What am I? What am I, nine years younger than them? And I'm 200 pounds heavier than they are? So what am I really saying? Good on them for having great abs at uh, 51 years old. And even better than that, not knowing who the fuck Bruno Mars was. I'll, I'll take a win in that all day i came in from outside and there's this dude who uh i don't know he looked he looked kind of urkelish i guess if i had to and then and then i had to hear well you know he was uh you know he was a uh he was a he was an elvis impersonator when he was a little kid he's from hawaii i'm like all right well I'll pay attention then he just rips off 17 james brown moves and i'm supposed to give a shit about him no uh, did he sing? Did he lip sync? I don't know. I know for a fact after the fucking picture that Flea's bass was not was not plugged in. And so he had no plug going to his bass and he had no wireless. They didn't even take the time to throw a fucking cigarette pack wrapped in duct tape with a fake cord going into his bass to even give a half that kind of budget. You can't even make it look like he's faking it. No, not just a, basically an empty, probably not even his base. I'm sure that in his, in Flea's rider, he said, look, I'm going to need an orange pair of pants. I'm going to need a base that doesn't work and get the fuck out of my way because I'm 51 and I still bring it. That being said, Peter, and look, look who put his Facebook back up. What a fucking dick. I apologize for the beeps in the background. Peter also tweeted an image of a pile of skinned animals with the message, quote, FYI, at real Joe Namath. Here's the rest of your fur coat. Oh, well, you know, you know, you know, you know what a guy who says I am on the top of the football world and I'm doing this coin toss because I'm a legend and I'm wearing a fur coat that would put every pimp out of business. Fuck your pile of banana part or banana parts, rabbit parts, rabbit, whatever the fuck he made. Whatever the fuck that jacket was made out of, they put a pile of just bald meat. You know how chicken just lays on a plate at a picnic? The Seahawks just, (laughs) the Seahawks needed just 12 seconds to put points on the board. The fastest score in football history. Apparently it came with the Seattle defense on the, oh, appropriately it came with the Seattle defense. I see, I don't even know what happened in the game. So I was, I'm happy that I'm reading this. On the very first snap of the game, Peyton Manning and his giant forehead was going through his typical complex calls, looking away from center. Manny Ramirez, oh, the man ram. They got a man ram. How about that? When the ball suddenly went sailing pat, oh, first play of the game. You bonered it up. Went sailing past him into the end zone. Notion Moreno fell on it to prevent a Seahawks touchdown. The safety gave Seattle a 2-0 lead. Oh, and if you were playing at your Super Bowl party and you had the squares 2-0, and zero, you were just hanging on. You're hanging the fuck on. This is going to be the lowest scoring first quarter in the history of squares. And, if, and everyone laughed when I got 2-0. and zero. Everyone fucking laughed, and I'm going to hold on. They didn't fucking win. After scoring a safety on the first play from scrimmage, the Seahawks added a short field goal to become the first team in Super Bowl history to score a 5-0 lead. How about that? As for the weather, the game temp was chilly by Miami standards. Well, when do we start judging the weather by Miami? You know, I want to judge Gloria Stefan's clam by Miami standards. The 49 degrees felt nothing like February in the Northeast. So much for all the concerns leading up to the first outdoor Super Bowl in a cold weather city. Well, CBS local, you, you got me. You got me with a PETA mention. You got me with a fur coat. You got me with an overtamed, an overtanned Namath. And then so I go down and, and they go, well, Johnny, if you like that story, 
You might like this. Paraplegic man is behind bars in Bradford County. He's accused of leading police on a three-county car chase. Now, police tell us Shamal Batiste, seen here, stole a Pontiac G6 from a dealership in Ocala and put his cane on the gas pedal to drive off. Batiste allegedly drove from Marion through Alachua County and finally into Bradford. Deputies spotted him at a gas station and finally arrested him. He could be charged with grand theft auto. Charged with being awesome. That's what I say. Shamal Batiste, who robbed a car. You know what? If you're going to rob a car and you're a paraplegic and you get and if you're able to start the car chase. All right, look, you're starting off already on a bad. All right, don't let me say you're starting off on a bad foot. But as a paraplegic, if you're going to get into the car thieving game and then you get away with it and you're so good at it that you got the cane down and you're working the gas and the brake with just your cane and you're steering funny like i'm sure this guy practices playing grand theft auto you know that's a thing and then he gets arrested when he's going to get gas oh he's got why because he's dragging himself from his stolen car into the place can i get 20 on three please how much how much is a car thieving paraplegic putting in that gas tank? And what happened? Caught, arrested. Go. I, D, I, Dino. Dino will be the first to tell you. I almost robbed a bank today. That's. I actually. I was absolutely so furious that I almost. I went to the ATM. I won't even mention. I won't even mention my banking institution. But I went to said banking institution. I used said banking institutions outside ATM. I said, "Hey, here's my card. Here's my number." I want two hundo. I hit the button. Now the little gate's not going up and down, and I can hear. I can hear that fucking money's in there. Just, it's counting. You know, like you, you know, the money's coming down. It's doing the little, little flip, 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 and it goes down, and then the door doesn't open, and then it tries it again. The door doesn't open, and my mind is going. Every time this fucking thing shuffle up and deals, I'm losing another two hundred bucks. Like I, there's only there's only there's only a certain amount of times this machine can do this before I'm living in my car. What's going on? So then I said, Dina, block the ATM. I went inside of the bank and I had I said, Hey, look, your ATM screwed up. And they said, First of all, get in line. There are seven other people here ahead of you that have been waiting. And I f- lost my shit. I was, I, was as, I was as nice as I could have been in the moment. Somehow, the broken ATM machine is my fault? My fault? I don't think so. But I'm the one on customer service using a fake social security number. What are you going to do? Hey, I didn't say the name of the bank, did I? All right. So good. So then basically, you know what it took? It took 20 minutes on the phone. I got to spend my time on the phone fixing their fucking ATM, making sure that I get my money. They didn't even give me the money. I had to get different money and they said I'd be credited on the backside. Those humps, those hump fucks. I wanted to stand up on the guy's desk and hope you remember. Remember on Freddie got fingered when Tom Green loses his shit inside of the fancy restaurant. And, he, and he's got the dueling soda guns out and he's just hosing down everybody. And I wanted to do that inside of the bank. Cooler heads prevailed. Cooler heads prevailed. But, you know, sometimes in life, cooler heads don't prevail. Because what, you know what? We were talking about the Super Bowl already. But what about this? Man's ear bitten off during Super Bowl party. Whew. Smokinggun.com. February 3rd, a Super Bowl party turned bloody last night when a New York State man allegedly bit off part of his brother's ear during a booze-fueled melee. Sean Fallon Nebia, well, that's a name, was arrested earlier today and charged with felony assault in connection with the attack inside a Rochester home. Fallon Nebia, 27, and the dude's got kind of an egghead, is locked up in lieu of 15 G's. Police allege Fallon, maybe this guy's getting in trouble because his fucking last name sucks. He tangled with his brother Frank during a post-game scrum that escalated into a brutal assault. Fallon Nebby allegedly punched his younger sibling in the face several times, knocking him unconscious and also chumped down on the brother's right ear. Well, you know what? We all... We all love Mike Tyson. I guess that's the lesson. You know, you, you grow up as a child of the '80s. This kid's 27, so he, you know, he wouldn't have known anything about Tyson other than the rape allegations. The bite was so severe that an emergency room doctor told the Rochester cops that Fallon Nebbia's brother was permanently disfigured. Ugh. The victim's ear will not be the same again. According to the criminal complaint, the bite caused severe bleeding and resulted in Frank Fallon Nebbia's hospitalization. 
A witness told cops their brothers shared more than a bottle of whiskey during the Super Bowl. Well, there you go. You can't have family members together with a football. And, and you live in Rochester, so that means you're probably, you're prob- I'm, guessing, I'm guessing you're Bills fans. And I'm guessing the Super Bowl, probably a tough time of year for you. And the next thing you know, you're, you've, you've slammed a bottle of whiskey with the, your younger brother. He says, yeah, well, what about the Seahawks? And you say, yeah, what about the Broncos? Next thing you know, you're ripping his ear off his head like a Mr. Potato had gone wrong. The bite was so severe that I already said it. A witness told cops the brothers shared more than a bottle of whiskey. I said that, too. In a police statement, Sean Fallon, Nebbia's girlfriend, well, here she comes in, weighing with her ideas, said the brothers drank a bottle and a half of Southern Comfort and also Jack Daniels. Well, there you go. Dana, how about that? Sounds like we gotta go to this. We gotta go to the Specsmart, pick up some booze. The siblings were initially hugging and wrestling and saying, quote unquote, I love you, brother. Recalled Audra Babcock, who added the man later turned violent and aggressive. Babcock, who said that his brothers puked all over each other's faces during the confrontation, recalled that when she saw Sean biting, she said, Oh my god, Sean, you just beat bit Frank's ear. Concluding her statement, Babcock wrote, they were drinking. They really just love each other. Well, you know, look, was there ear in their snack stadium? I guess that's the question. You know, was there, is that really what, is is that what your, your day was planned? Sometimes you go into your day and you don't know what's going to bring you. Sometimes, sometimes you're just hanging out. Sometimes you're partying. Sometimes your girl says, let's make out and something crazy happens. An update to the couple found dead in New Jersey. It turns out they may have died from carbon monoxide after parking a runny car in a shut garage all to have sex. The Daily Mail says 24-year-old Jorge Rodriguez and 25-year-old Melissa Pereira were last seen in Wayne on December 27th. Their bodies were found Sunday inside Rodriguez's car. Family and eyewitnesses told the Daily Mail they believe the two were going in there to have an intimate encounter, but one of Melissa's uncles says they were found fully clothed. Well, you know, sometimes you just go for a makeout and you end up dead. That was New Jersey. You know, they say these things happen in threes, and I guess we're waiting for that third shoe to drop because here at penlive.com, your best patriot news for central Pennsylvania, a couple died of carbon monoxide poisoning while having sex in a car. Williamsport, the home of the Little League World Series, everybody knows that. Making love in a car with the engine running in an enclosed garage proved fatal for a man and woman in Lie Cumming County. Oh, keep Lie, I'm going to keep coming. Oh, guess see what I did there. Keith Payton, 40 of Allenwood and Williamsport. Well, which one do you live in? And Selena Johnson, 40 of Williamsport, were discovered at about 9.30 p.m. Friday in a guitar in a garage along Blooming Grove Road north of Williamsport. Old like coming township police speculated that two were having a sexual relationship when they were overcome because Johnson was partially clad. Marijuana and drug paraphernalia were found in the car. They said, oh, you're just in the garage. You're banging it out. Maybe, you know, look, you asked your brother, you know, your brother said, I need to stay at the house this week. And you said, look, we still got to bang. The next thing you know, like, look, why don't we just smoke some weed? And we'll go out in the garage because there's nothing there's nothing better than smashing puss with the smell of gas from your lawnmower. Let's be honest, all right? Maybe maybe this the sound of crickets chirping off in the distance. And there they were trying to keep warm. This guy's got to keep his wood going, right? It's freezing out. You know it's cold. This is this is central PA or it's well, yeah, it's central PA. And then you're in a garage banging it out one minute, you're about to come the next minute you go to kingdom come. Oh, look what he did. The car's ignition switch was on, but the vehicle had run out of gasoline. They said a kerosene heater was on too, but it had to run out of fuel. High levels of carbon monoxide were detected in the garage. Does that count as suicide? No. The couple were pronounced dead at 1045 Friday, but police said they had died sometime earlier. Carbon monoxide poisoning was the cause of death. County Coroner Charles E. Kiesling Jr. Well, this guy getting his name in the paper. The two were discovered by an individual sent by Peyton's brother who leased the garage to look for Peyton. Police said Peyton had gone to the garage to drop off something for his brother. Yeah, look, he dropped off something more than his brother. 
Uh, so that was it. And, uh, there you go. A similar incident occurred in New Jersey. So there you go. In just a short amount of time, two people lose their lives in, in vehicles when they just went out to bang. And you know what? There's something dangerous about cars. St. Clair Shores resident arrested in case of body parts dumped along a roadway. Well, here we are at freep.com. If you're going to go to Detroit news, Hell yeah, you're going to dismembered. A 59-year-old St. Clair Shores resident has been arrested in connection with body body parts found in garbage bags dumped in St. Clair County this week. Ugh, what did that car smell like? Ugh, you got twist ties on that? that, you, You think the hefty, hefty cinch sack is keeping the smell of rotting body parts? Oh, how many trees are hanging around the mirror in that sedan? The suspect, who is not named, that has not been arraigned, was arrested Friday. The dismemberment remains found in rural parts of St. Clair and China townships were identified by the FBI through fingerprints as belonging to a 32-year-old St. Clair Shores man who was reported missing on Sunday, his name being withheld. Oof. They have been searching for a heavy-set middle-aged woman who was seen dumping garbage from her SUV. Jeez, just imagine you're fat and you have enough money to have an SUV and you're a murderer. Bags containing human remains of clothing and charred papers were found along numerous... What did this fucking guy do to get this lady so pissed? Oh, just learn to apologize. The Michigan State Police Crime Lab assisted investigators processing the residences for evidence associated with the homicide and dismemberment of the 32-year-old male. The suspect is being held at the St. Clair Shores Police Department pending a review of a warrant request on Monday by the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, living in Michigan. Uh, report. CBSlocal.com. Seahawks coach peppered four-star general with 9-11 and conspiracy questions. Not only did Pete Carroll lead the Seahawks to winning this year's Super Bowl, Seattle head coach Pete Carroll hosted a a retired four-star general at the Seahawks facility last spring and blitzed him in questions about whether the 9-11 attacks had been planned or faked. Now, this is according to Deadspin. Decorated General Peter Chiarelli, who I believe was a defenseman for somebody who just called a career, was discussing football and brain injuries with the carrier before the conversation took a turn. Every 9-11 conspiracy theory you could think of, he asked about. He didn't stop at 9-11. He had a lot of questions about the role of the military today. Allison founded the nonprofit Missile Defense Advocacy Alliance. He connected Carroll with Chiarelli and was at the meeting along with offensive line coach Pat Rule. Pat P had a four-star general room and one of the Army's top guys. He said, why wouldn't you push the envelope? It's unclear whether the exchange went sour or when the source close to the general told Deadspin that it got testy. He wasn't in the room. Meanwhile, Allison insisted it was a fun. You know, look, if, hey, if I, Dina, if I ever meet a fucking general, I'm getting down to the bottom of everything. We're going to figure it. I'm going to get to the bottom of Ruby Ridge. I'm going to get to the bottom of who st- of who did 9-11. I want to get to, I want to know where I want to know where Jimmy Hoffa is buried. All right. I want to know. I want to know. Has anybody ever won Monopoly if they eat at McDonald's? I want to know if that's a thing. I want to know how far this conspiracy theory goes. But I guess now, look, we've gone through the weird. new. We got, look, we got to pay some bills and we got to do some advertising. So I want you guys to journey into my forest of goodness and climb inside the trust tree as we talk about stamps.com. Well, it's stamps.com, everybody. Oh, what do you look? Do you run a business out of your home? Do you sit? in a meditative situation and say how do I avoid going to the post office how do I avoid the traffic how do I avoid the lines inside how do I avoid the drama of the commute and the parking lot well stamps.com allows you the the opportunity to print USPS approved postage right from your computer You can use stamps.com to send letters, packages, even priority mail. And it's like I said. And look, 
Yeah, of course. You're eliminating trips to the post office. Or if you want to sign up right now at stamps.com, you can go to johntoll.com right there in the podcast page and click the stamps.com link, and you're going to get an $80 offer that includes postage and a free digital scale. Well, look, there is shipping and handling fee required, but they offer a four-week no-risk trial for all new customers. Look, 400,000 people are already doing this. It is an amazing program. I use it when I send my T-shirts off, when I send the CDs off, whenever I got to send anything. If I got to send a letter, I'm going to use photostamps.com as well. Now, here's the thing. Let's say you want to to have your own postage, your own cute stamps. You got photos of your your food, relatives, yourself, and you want to put yourself on a stamp. Well, photostamps.com can make that happen. You can put denominations from $0.39 to $4.05. You just upload the photos right there. And you click the link right on johntoll.com. You load it right up into their system. You can resize it. You can zoom. You can change the border. Whatever you want. 13 million photo stamps have been sold to date. And you can get them um, from $0.39 to $4.05. Denominations. Perfect for baby announcements, thank you notes, birthday and anniversary. It's just the, you've already taken the time to, to pick out a card. Or maybe you're doing a handwritten letter. And maybe that handwritten letter, maybe, you know, you've taken the time to formulate your opinions, your love. Your punctuation is there. Your handwriting is golden. You fold it. Oh, are you, are you bifolding? Are you tri-folding? Are you making one of those boxes? Pick a letter, pick a color, open it up. Well, if you're going to take all that time, if you're going to handwrite the envelope, then why not use photo stamps and boom, your own face is on that envelope. If you also want to go to johntoll.com, click the Amazon.link or if you want to support the 4256 Production Studio, of course you can donate or if you want to support the merch page or buy a CD, you can do that through the Amazon dot com portal i guess what what are we up to like four minutes of ads all right well let's get back into the weird for the next story what we're going to talk about severed cow heads along the oregon road not for everyone according to the headline here at breitbart.com for all of your right-wing news needs portland oregon oh boy several severed cattle heads propped up behind barbed wire along an oregon road spooked some neighbors but the neighbors said they were just being dried for sale well look look if look if you look you're a pimp you got a Cadillac. That horn on the front of it's coming from somewhere. All right. You know, the, the, the cow just doesn't drop dead and turn into a fucking skeleton. All right. You weirdos. You got to dry out these cows. I feel for it. The Portland Re- Tribune reported Monday the heads were visible to passerbys last week. Warren resident CeCe Liars wrote an email to the South County Spotlight. She hadn't seen anything like this in the past eight years. Well, it's something new we're trying out here at the farm. We got to make money somehow. No one's buying our alfalfa. It's about time we lop off these cow heads and get that horn money. Why out towards the road facing the road where wild animals can get to? Oh, because the wild animals speed it up. Where everyone can see him, she asked. Another Warren resident who asked not to be identified saw the heads while jogging by. Oh, way to fucking brag about the fact that you run. Quote, I thought, holy cow. You didn't fucking. pissed they beat me to it i thought holy cow that is the most disgusting thing unquote the runner said and quote they stink now well of course they do the cow heads belonging to the port of st helen's commissioner colin DeShazer, who told the spotlight they were being dried out so they could be sold there you go oh he's a port of st helen's committee he's a fucking he's got a good job he's look at this he's a commissioner so he works in the fucking government he can do whatever he want what are you gonna say what are you gonna say he can't dry fucking heads off all right he's a commissioner he's a commissioner enough at the level where he can afford a farm where on the farm are some cows and on those cows are now headless cows and they're being dried out quote those are my cows we legally butchered them we save the heads we dry them out we sell them well there you go if you don't like it don't live next to the fucking country next to the f- wait what if you don't like it don't live in when well, here in the in the in the thing it says just exploitative it doesn't say exact but i'm gonna say if you don't like it don't live in the fucking country next to a farm how about that i'm gonna go back to being a commissioner and drying off these fucking cow heads 
So why don't you just keep jogging by and stop being the looky-loo piece of shit you are. Why don't you take down your fucking Christmas lights? How about I read on Breitbart.com about how you fucking don't trim your hedges and the front of your house still looks like it's the middle of December. Go fuck yourself. Quote, it's not illegal to have a cow head on your property. There's no state law or county ordinance that prohibits it. Well, there you go. It's not against the law. You know, you, you, you know, it is against the law. I'll tell you what's against the law. You can't fucking threaten people where you work. According to K-H-O-U in Houston, Texas, TSA officer arrested at Bush International, arrested, accused of making a terroristic threat. This kid's got a good haircut. Houston police arrested a transportation security administration officer. Well, that's a TSA agent accused of making a threat to fellow employees at the Bush Intercontinental Airport. The incident rapidly happened on January 25th at the security checkpoint. Oh, you're just losing your shit. Oh, you, you, you know what? what you, you, told your, you told your 17th mom that day that, that all that milk she spent squeezing out of her tit is now a terroristic item and you've got to take her tit milk and throw it into the plastic bin with the other containers of tit milk so you TSA weirdos can go and have your satanic ceremonies when you jerk off using the tit milk, you sick fucks. What do you do with all that stuff that you take away? You, what do you, you trade it for the stolen iPads that the, the luggage dudes are stealing out of the bottom of the plane? Have you protected anybody against terrorism no you sit there behind you, you sit there behind your fucking your scanner laughing at everybody's fat folds laughing at everybody's di- oh and i tell you when i fly and i'm not having a good dick day oh i'm opting out i'm up op- you come pat it i'm gonna lean into your hand and go look it's been it's been quiet at home i've been sad and if, if you could just give me a little once over i'm a safe person all right how about the other side all right work that out Okay, look, I, I had I had an incident when I was I was flying in out of uh, John Wayne Airport and I forgot to take my fat belt off and I put it inside of uh, one of those little circular like dog. You know, they, they give you the dog dish, you know, like that's actually what they really think of us. They're like, look, you know, the things that you carry around with you, you know, like your phone and your ability to have a wallet with money in it and your identification. Throw it in this dog dish because you are nothing to us than a fucking animal that we have to scan because the only way we create this theater of security is we have to elevate ourselves as human beings and take the rank and the file citizens whose tax money we're stealing to fucking pretend that we're keeping you safe. We have to treat you like an animal. So herd into these lines and fucking we're going to ask you to say the name on your, on your driver's license. We're going to ask you to take off your shoes and your belts and your necklaces. And you're going to have to take your laptop out of your bag. And what I'm now I'm three, I'm three bins in. All right, I'm three bins in, and now I get the extra pat down because I was given the bird in the x-ray scanner. Fuck yeah, I'm given the bird in the x-ray scanner. All right, because that's America, and I'm allowed to. All right, we're allowed to stand there and go, you're scumbags. All right, all right, you can do that. All right, if you're going to act subhuman, you deserve to be treated subhuman. The TSA is a joke. I've been saying it for years. If I ever get put on a no-fly list, I'm fucked. Anyways, that being said, I'm walking through... I'm walking through security at John Wayne and I forgot to take my belt off. So I put it inside of the dog dish and they send it through. And then I'm, I'm like, I have my back turned as the dog dish is coming behind me and I'm putting my laptop back in my bag and I'm putting my wallet. I have to put my, because of my OCD, the wallet has to go in first, the cell phone in the right pocket, my rosary in the left pocket, my notebooks go back in my left pocket. And then the pens separated evenly on each side, car keys, on the rosary side, look, it's weird. I have to, I have to just admit it's weird, okay? But it's the only way I don't lose anything, all right? I have to have a system. And I load everything up and I turn around. What do I see? One TSA agent, the kid, I don't even want to say he was a kid. He was 45 to 50 years old, all right? He weighed a buck 11, maybe a buck 25. He's looking at another one of his buddies who's probably a buck 50. So uh, you got two skinny dudes and what happens? The one guy has my belt out of the dog dish and it is wrapped around his waist two and a half times and he's pointing at it and laughing and showing his buddy how fucking fat my belt is on his skinny frame. And I, I paused. I paused and I said, 
Hey, you son of a bitch. That's really fucking funny. All right. You're right. If, if I was skinny like you, I would be making fun of the fucking fat guy with the shitty belt. All right. But then I said, no, 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 no. Guess who's in the right right now? Guess who gets a fucking get out of losing your shit free card at the airport? And I let off a fucking tirade. What the fuck are you? Take that fucking belt off. Who the fuck are you when you get to sit there and make fun of me? I fucking pay it now. I'm the asshole telling them that I pay your fucking salary. I pay your fucking salary with my tax. Get your fucking supervisor right now. Bring him here and I want you to tell him how you think it's funny to put this. Now the fucking supervisor's coming in. I'm screaming. The cops are coming towards me. Now I'm surrounded and everyone's going, what's going on? And I go, that motherfucker has my belt around his waist, making fun of me, trying to make his buddy laugh. And they escorted that dude and the other dude with, and I got so many fucking apologies. So and, and I didn't get any free miles out of it, but I'm just saying sometimes when you're in the right, you can lose your shit. Okay. This guy, he's at work. You are the TSA. You can't lose your shit. Gino Mooton of Houston allegedly told a TSA supervisor he would, quote, rather vent than to come back and shoot up the place, unquote. Whoa, according to the arrest affidavit, investigators said Mouton, who was a longtime employee, allegedly made the comment while he was on duty and working in the capacity of a TSA officer. And I, well, did he just make an offhanded comment? Did he say, look, am I, am I just, look, look, I, I get a little mad. Sometimes I, I say things I don't mean. And uh, look, I apologize. I, I would never, I, I don't even own a gun. I don't. I would never do that in a million years. Supervisor told police she spoke with Mouton several minutes after he made the initial statement and said Mouton refused to recant. Well, he fucking refused to recant. Uh, then he meant it. And then he went on to repeat it several more times during the, well, then you're, you're, you've, you've fucking done it. All right, you, you, you can have one minor freak out. You can apologize. But if now you're just a constant, you're, you're, you're going to the who's cow, buddy. And, and I don't know how they treat TSA dudes in jail. You know, it's going to be fuck you for being a government employee. And it's going to be fuck you for being free. And then they're probably just going to beat your ass. I'm guessing. The supervisor reportedly moved on to a human resources office manager and he was immediately warned not to return to the airport or any other TSA offices or facilities. A TSA worker reported that she saw Mouton on the secure side of the Bush terminal in plain clothes. Uh-oh, this, this fucking guy's going, oh, I'm serious now. This is four days later and he's showing up in plain clothes. Oof. Mouton's supervisor said they were concerned that Mouton posed a threat because he came back to the airport after being warned to stay away and noted that he has a current, quote, Texas concealed. Oh, he's got a, he's a fucking concealed carry. Oh, well, eh, fucking now he's, now he's, now he's just a citizen, just a citizen with some buddies and a handgun getting behind enemy lines because he knows some buddies. He faces a felony terroristic threat charge and was jailed with a $5,000 bond scheduled to appear in court on March 7th. Until then. Well, that's the end of that story. I mean, he just, what, he's just going to walk around and just har- harbor this grudge. I mean, this, uh, sometimes, you, sometimes you say something and you got to back away. Sometimes you say something and you're like, no, motherfucker, I'm going to ride and die. When it's all said and done, I'm going to be the hero of the Fifth Ward and Bushwick Bill is going to rap my praises. Oof. Now, you, and then look at another story like this. Always go into the comments, all right? Ron Partain says, wow. Not that I advocate what he said, but his words are felonious activity. Did he actually do something or just say something? Now, that is the point here. If you just say something, is that the same as doing something? Now, of course, you can't threaten violence on anybody. You can't threaten to harm somebody. We already know that is a criminal activity. So I guess that guy's wrong. All right, and that's wrong. And in the end, if you're that fucking mad at your job, well, then quit your fucking job. How about that? All right. How about how about the fact that maybe 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 you're sick of your alarm going off. Maybe maybe you're sick of maybe you're sick of wearing a fucking uniform like a bus driver. All right. Maybe maybe you had a dream. Maybe we're going to do something creative. Maybe that dance move that you spent so much time working on. You're going to be the next background dancer in Houston's next top rising star. But now you're going to the pokey. You made a threat and now you're going up the river. Now what? Now you're screwed. You could have quit your job and you would have been free. But you started stay there, be an asshole. Now you're in trouble. That's the lesson, people here on Carpath. All right, you can say something wrong, but you gotta forget. You got you gotta move on. You gotta apologize, and then and then don't do it again. You can't repeat the same mistake. That's this guy's problem. He made a mistake, and then he repeated it, repeated it, repeated it. You get to the point they mean it. You're like, fuck, screwed. Oh, uh, what are you gonna do? 
What are you going to do, really? And in the end, what are any of us going to do but keep tuning in to Carpathium, our weekly stroll through whatever the fuck grabs my attention as I stroll through the internet as the digital media comes my way. It goes through the Brain Center here at 4256 Productions, and it gets output. It is this show. Thanks for listening to Carpathium. Thank you for listening to Disrupt the Illusion, found only on Podaholics.com. Carpathium is found on charliehodshow.com coming soon to tastypodcast.com also coming soon 4256 productions presents will have a page on itunes so you're going to be able to go and click subscribe and all of those episodes all the past episodes and any other shows that we do here in the 4256 production studios are going to come to you you're going to get episodes of Carpath. You're going to get episodes of After the Illusion. You're going to get episodes of Disrupt the Road. And every other show that we create here, you're going to get. And that's what's awesome. One central place where you guys can engage. You can also go to johntoll.com or add me on Facebook or Twitter at johntoll. J-O-H-N-T-O-L. Fucking you non-speaking fuck. johntoll.com. J-O-H-N-T-O-L. E on Twitter and Facebook, add me up. Let's smoke weed. Let's hang out. Let's do something American other than do nothing. All right. And if you hate your job, get the fuck out of there right now and go live your dreams. That's the point. Bye. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.